You guys doing all right? My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Uh, We are in part two of our fast series. Tomorrow we are kicking off uh, our fast, our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we are so excited about what God uh, is going to do during this time of fasting and praying. Uh, Real quick before we we get into uh, the message, uh, we are taking communion today. Uh, Last week, uh, we were supposed to take communion, um, but I just felt in the morning, I texted Pastor Ben that the Lord wanted to do something else, and He wanted more response time last week, and so that's what we did. And so I just want you guys to be ready uh, for anything on Sunday morning. We just, more than ever, we just really want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do. And so um, you might come in second service, and I'm still preaching. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, what? Uh, we just want to be really sensitive and not get so stuck in, in a service flow. Um, and so if God wants to change something, He's going to change it and we're going to let Him. Amen? And so um, today we've got new communion cups. And so um, you have to open the both ends, okay? And so I just wanted to let you know that uh, before, you know, you're getting all nervous and we're taking communion and you can't figure it out and, um, you know, just throw it or something. Um, and so uh, it's going to be part of our response time today. We're going to transition in communion. And the only thing that we ask is that you are a believer, that you are a follower of Christ, because that uh, communion is for the believer. Uh, if you have not uh, updated your, your information, please do that today, either on one of these or uh, one of our connection cards at the Welcome Center. Um, uh, I, I, a couple challenges over the next 21 days and, and uh, that I put forth last week is uh, I want to encourage the married couples and, and to pray 30 minutes a day. Uh, I know that's a big challenge for some of you, but I want our marriages to be stronger than ever uh, in 2021. And I just know that literally that's the best way to do it. There's a statistic that says, of couples that pray together get divorced, okay? And so it is, there's the power of prayer when, 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 uh, spouses pray together, uh, something powerful, uh, happens in that. And so I want to encourage you, challenge you 21 days praying together for 30 minutes a day. Also, I want to challenge everybody to come to Wednesday night prayer, uh, from 7 to 8.30. We have child care. We don't usually have child care, but for the next three weeks, on Wednesday night, we're going to have child care. We've got three rooms ready to go. Now listen, nobody's going to ask you to pray out loud, okay? That's what I get to somebody like, is anybody going to ask me to pray out loud? No, nobody's going to ask you to pray out loud. Uh, we're not going to embarrass you. It's just in a wonderful time to seek God, to get into His presence. If you want prayer, man, someone will pray with you. Uh, It's just a time to read your Bible, do devotions, and just be in the presence of God. And then at the end, people share uh, some of the revelations that God has given them. It's a really encouraging uh, time. Uh, And so I'm encouraging everybody to make that a priority during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Wednesday night, 7 to 8.30. Wednesday, this Wednesday, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, Pastor uh, Ben and and Kelly, uh, God's really laid something really special upon their heart that 
goes with uh, kind of the word for the year that God uh, has given me uh, broken, right? Uh, last week, God just is broken's the word for our church. And uh, the reason why broken's the word for our church is I believe that God wants to rescue us. He wants to bring real healing and freedom to our lives. Listen, man, some of you have been struggling with things for a really long time and you don't know why. And so uh, God has just laid them, uh, laid upon their heart to do uh, uh, inner healing, uh, inner healing. And so this is not counseling, okay? Uh, this is inner healing. There's just some things that we don't even know why we go back to certain addictions or habits or toxic relationships. And it's just a deeper uh, spiritual journey uh, of inner healing that because we want you to be free, okay? We want you to, we really are committing this year to help you uh, be broken before the Lord, but also get rescued. And, and sometimes it's not even your fault. Uh, you just, we just pick up things throughout our life. And, and, um, and so that's going to be a special sign up if you want uh, time with them. Um, they will absolutely love to do some inner healing uh, with you guys. Uh, and, and for me as your pastor, this is the heart of our church. And, and man, getting broken before the Lord, getting rescued, getting real healing, living in true uh, freedom for this year. Um, that is your heart. That is the heart of your, your pastor. And so I'm really excited about that. Okay. All right. Fast 2021, uh, the first part of the message today, uh, I'm going to be talking about deeper spiritual things. We're going to uh, be talking about some angels and demons and, and, and so forth. And then uh, we're going to transition into my five points. I, I brought them up last week, uh, our, our prayer points. And the reason why I want to talk about spiritual things and, and this unseen world, the spiritual battle, is because I believe it's going to help us to pray over these next 21 days that our prayers aren't just going into the air and disappearing, but they are actually doing something in the supernatural when we fast and pray. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's Word today. Father, we just thank You for this moment, Lord. God, we just thank You for what You're doing already in this year, God, in our hearts and our minds, Lord. God, we are excited about this fast, Lord. God, I, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that You'd open our hearts, You'd open our minds this morning to Your eternal Word. Father, we just lift up our nation today in the pain and the hurt that people are in all across our country, Lord. God, we stand together and we just pray that You would heal our nation and that Your will would be done. Father, we thank You for this moment. We give You this moment this morning and we commit it to You. God, help me get out of the way. Let, let it be all you this morning and none of me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. We're just going to jump right into Ephesians 6, 11-12. This is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul gives us a window into the spiritual realm. We're going to uh, read Daniel 10, but I really believe that we need to understand Ephesians 6 before we can really dive into Daniel 10. Uh, the Apostle Paul says this, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I think it's important that we need to understand that Satan has a strategy for our lives. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. People are not our enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. And so the Apostle Paul 
starts to talk about spiritual things, this, this unseen uh, war that is happening all around us. We're fighting against rulers and authorities in the world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so, uh, the Apostle Paul is describing this war that we are in that most of us don't see. Now, now some people from time to time will, will say, and we've had this a lot over the last eight years of this church, people say, man, there's angels here as we were worshiping together. There was angels in this place worshiping with us. Uh, man, we've had people say, man, there's warring angels here fighting on your behalf. And, and so uh, I want us to understand that, man, this Spiritual realm is real. That's why it's in Scripture. And we have the power to affect it. God has given us the power to affect it with our prayers. And so now I just want to jump into to Daniel chapter 10. And so just understanding that there's an unseen world and there's angels and there's demons. And I'm not going to go in whole detail of that. But uh, I want you to see what happens when we fast and pray just like Daniel did. Uh, let's go ahead and, and read Daniel 10. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. And we, we talked uh, uh, about this, that man, getting broken before the Lord is really about getting humble before the Lord, right? And so what is Daniel doing? He's, he's getting humble. He's getting broken for how many days? 21 days. He's, he's beginning to, to fast and, and pray, right? All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Now, um, he, he, he's fasting and praying. He's basically doing a vegetarian diet for 21 days. He's praying and he's fasting. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to use lotion. We live in a very dry climate, okay? Now, for 21 days, you don't want to use lotion. You don't have to. If you want that, be part of your past. But your pastor's giving you permission to use lotion. Come on, somebody. Daniel just decided he's not going to use lotion, and, and, um, and, and, but he's fasting and he's praying. Let's continue in, in Scripture here. On April 23rd, what I love about the Bible, and the Bible is known throughout history and through scholars as one of the most biblically accurate uh, historic documents that has ever been written. I mean, look, like there's dates, there's regions, there's times, and it is so historically accurate. I love it so much. On January 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious Gem. Now, as we, we continue to go into the description of this angel, uh, man, scholars don't really know who this is. Some think it's an archangel because we're never told who it is. Some think it's an archangel. Some, some think it might be uh, Gabriel because he's coming to bring a message. 
All I know is that this angel is very intimidating and someone you wouldn't want to cross, okay, right? Like, it's just a very intimidating angel. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. That's, that's, man, it was so, just this moment was so terrifying that Daniel was the only one that stood there. Everybody else, flee. Let's continue. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Jesus, just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. And just internalize that right now. You are very precious to God. Listen, you're watching online. You are very precious to God. Just, just internalize that word this morning that you are precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Let's continue. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before the God. So, so tomorrow, okay, when we start the fast and pray, man, God is going to hear our prayers. Just the, the moment, he says, the moment you got broken, the moment that you decided that you were going to humble yourself and you're going to give up certain foods for three weeks and you were going to focus on praying and get rid of some of the distractions, that was the moment that I heard your prayer. Come on, somebody. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And so, literally, God sends an angel okay, to answer, and we, we know later that it's the archangel Michael, to answer Daniel's prayer. Okay, This is what happens when we fast and pray. God moves angels on our behalf to fight in this supernatural realm for our lives, for our marriages, for our families. Uh, God, these angels literally come and fight, okay? And now he's talking about uh, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And so we talked about, the Apostle Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter 6, okay? That there's principalities and there's powers. There, there are demonic entities, these, these unholy angels, these fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven. They tried to overthrow heaven and it was literally not a fight. Okay, and I just want us to be very clear. Okay, I think people get confused that at the end, there's going to be this huge cosmic war between good and evil. There's going to be no war, okay? Jesus is going to say one word and it's going to be over, okay? Like every knee will bow, every tongue will confess with one word and it's going to be over, Okay? There's no like struggle, like God is all powerful, and there's just no battle, okay? Like, we're in a battle now because we live in a fallen world, okay? We live in a fallen world, and that's why there's a struggle and there's a battle. And, and so there's certain regions that have more uh, just 
Satan has more power because the people give over to certain sins and, and you know, there's, there's witches and, and there's, you know, uh, just witchcraft and things that just give those, those principalities and powers more, uh, more power. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in, in a home or you've dr- driven through a certain city or a region and you can just feel something, right? It kind of feels heavy, right? You kind of like, oh, what is, what is happening? That's spiritual oppression. Most likely, um, there, there's some type of principality and power there. Uh, you can really feel it when you go to other countries like Haiti and, and Africa. Like you can literally just, it's almost tangible um, how you can feel uh, the oppression uh, of these principalities and powers that, that are set up. And so um, this angel is, is talking to Daniel. And so like, this is how it works. Like when you pray, when you fast and you pray, angels are sent on, be, on your behalf to fight. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And so, again, he, he's just explaining, literally, the archangel Michael shows up, and he's fighting on Daniel's uh, behalf. And so there's just some things that, that we struggle with. There's just some battles in our life. And Jesus says this, and I share this tomorrow uh, in my uh, daily devotion, uh, on our fast devotion, Jesus says that there's just some things in our life that don't come out unless we fast and we pray. We fast and we pray. And when we fast and we pray, we supercharge our spirits. And, and here in Scripture, it shows us that angels are, are, are uh, literally deployed on our behalf when we begin to humble ourselves and we fast and pray. All right, five things. I want to go into a five things to focus our prayers on over the next 21 days. I believe that uh, these five things are, are the five things that the Lord gave me specifically for this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know uh, myself and my wife, we're going to be praying over these things every single day in our personal prayer time. Uh, I just believe it's really important, okay? And so I have scripture for every single one of these. And, and, and I talked a little bit last week, but I want you to see the scripture. I want you to see the promises. I want you to see uh, the, the things that are attached to this and what God says about these certain things. The first thing is our nation. I don't think anybody in America could say, no, our, our nation's good. <laughs> Everything's great. We don't need prayer. Our nation needs prayer. Right? Our nation needs healing. And, and God actually explains to us how that can happen Second uh, Chronicles seven thirteen through fifteen. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rains fall, or command grasshoppers to devour our crops, or send plagues among you. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, come on, get broken before the Lord, right? Get get humble, get broken before the Lord, and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and forgive their sins, and restore their land. My eyes, look at this, look at this, my eyes will be open. I think that's very, very interesting, and, and something that we need to hone in on for just for a moment. God's eyes will be open. Why won't His ears just be open? But His eyes, 
It's because when we fast and we pray and we get humble before the Lord, our prayers are literally doing something in the heavens. That's why God's eyes will be open because He'll actually be seeing angels move on our behalf. Listen, our country is not too far gone for God. It's not too far gone for God to heal it. My eyes will be open. My ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our leadership. We need to pray locally and, and statewide and, and, and our country. Our country needs healing. The people in our country are broken and hurting. And we see, we're reminded of that every single day. And the only answer, listen to me, the only answer is Jesus. That's it. The only answer to our problems is Jesus. Okay, number one, nation. Number two, family. I really believe it's, it's important that uh, during these, these next 21 days that we, we pray for our, our family. We really, our marriages, our, our kids, our grandkids, but it's even more than that. This is what's so awesome about God. I, I want to read this uh, passage here in Exodus. 24 through 6. And this is what our faithfulness does, okay? This is what our faithfulness does. Exodus 24 through 6. You must not make yourself for yourself an idol of any kind or image of anything in heaven or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other. God. And so what God is telling Moses in this moment is I need to be first. You, you need to get right with me. My people need to get right with me and put me first. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. Their entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. I think this is very interesting. Like this is, as this is scripture. Okay. This is scripture. This is what God is telling us. Those who reject me can struggle with sins of their relatives. So, so what God is telling Moses in this passage is that things can actually be passed down from generation to generation. And, and I think the best example of that is alcoholism. Right? Alcoholism can be passed down. Uh, my family is filled with preachers, but it's also filled with alcoholics. Okay? And so this is a trait that can be passed. If it is not broken, if this trait is not broken, it can be passed down. And what the Lord is telling Moses, three to four generations. And there's a reason why when Jesus is on the cross and, and uh, He's called the curse breaker. Okay? He's called the curse breaker. And um, these, these generational sins can be called curses that get passed down. And it can literally be no uh, fault of your own. It can be no fault of your own. That's what we're talking That's why we need a healing, uh, inner healing ministry, okay? And, and there's just some things in us that just kind of stick to us and we don't even know why they're there. And, and, and sometimes these, these curses can be passed down. But because of Jesus, He broke every single curse. He is the curse breaker. So no matter what we're going through, whether it's depression or, 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 
or, or addiction or, or negative thoughts or, or anger or bitterness, no matter what we're feeling today, Jesus died for it on the cross and He broke every single thing. And so sometimes we just need uh, to have someone help us go through that process of breaking these curses, okay? And God tells us that it can just, it can, it can be passed down. But what I love, look, look, look at this, okay? This is, <clears throat> this is the difference between the power of sin and the power of God, okay? But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. A thousand. And so because of your faithfulness, some of you here today or maybe you're watching online, you are a first generation Christian. You're the first one in your family to break that curse. You are now setting up your lineage for a thousand years. For a thousand years, you're setting them up for a thousand years of blessing. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, when we get to heaven, okay, when we get to heaven, heaven is constantly going to be filled with people coming up to us saying, thank you so much for being faithful. It, it, it could be year 2,845. Okay, we won't know that in heaven uh, because time is irrelevant. We're outside of time in heaven. But it could be that here on earth. And we're constantly going to have people come up. Man, thank you for making a decision 854 years ago because of that decision. Man, this faithful, this faith, man, the curses were broken and I was able to receive Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how powerful God is. And the blessings of God are, they're not just for us today and our marriage and our kids and our grandkids and our great grand. No, 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 it goes a thousand generations deep. That's how important it is to be faithful, to be obedient, because it literally affects a thousand generations from now. What an amazing promise. So as we pray over these next 21 days, we're not just praying for our family that we can see, but for our family we can't see that's coming behind us. Number one's nation. Number two, family. Number three, finances and career. Finances and career. 2020 was hard for a lot of people's finances. It was hard for a lot of people's work and career. And and. I get this question from time to time. Does God really care about what I do for money? Does God really care? And, and the answer is yes and no. Okay, the answer is yes and no. Um, it, what you do for money, as long as it's not illegal, okay? The answer is no. Does God care if you work a job that you find purpose in, that you enjoy? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you hate every single Monday, okay, God has a different plan for your life. He has a different place that He wants you to work. Like, listen, He does not want you to spend your life hating Mondays, okay? He does not want you to spend your life hating your job 40, 50 hours a week. He cares about that. And I want to show you in the book of Ecclesiastes 5, 16, and 19. Now, we actually don't know who wrote this book, okay? Some say King Solomon, and some say other people. 
Um, we just know that it's in the Word of God, and it's got a lot of wisdom in it, okay? And so, man, this some of the passages in Ecclesiastes, they're so good. I want to read it this morning, Ecclesiastes 5, 16 through 19. And this, too, is a very, seri- very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. Very, very true, right? right? We, we enter this world with, with nothing, and we leave this world with, with nothing. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Come on, anybody relate to this guy today, right? Like, throughout their lives, they live under a cloud of frustration, discouraged, and anger. Even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them. So what he's saying is God wants us to enjoy our life. He does. Like, like We shouldn't feel bad about enjoying our life, right? And we're living in a culture today that wants people to feel bad if they're successful about their success. Like, like, listen, God wants us to enjoy our life. Accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing, come on, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. God cares about what we do for work. He cares whether or not you're enjoying it or not. And maybe over these next 21 days, you put that before the Lord and say, God, I hate my job. God, I every day I go to this place, I man, it I hate every second I am there. God, lead and guide me. God will open doors for you. He will open doors doors for you because He cares for you. Maybe He wants you to start a business. Maybe you're, you're, you have your own business. Like God wants to flourish your business. He wants you to enjoy your life. We're going to lift up our finances. We're going to lift up our career over the next 21 days. And I'm telling you right now, God's going to do amazing things because He wants us to Enjoy our life. All right, number four, number four. The fourth thing that God wants us to focus on is church and revival. Church and revival. Now, revival is not only possible, but it is impossible to stop when God's people fast and pray. Now, let me just, okay. Some of you, like you just got triggered by that word revival. And not in a good way, okay? Some of you have no idea. You're, you're brand new to church and you're like, what is that? And I'm going to explain that. And I'm going to explain it, revival, in a second with three different passages of Scripture because revival, God always sends revival for purpose, okay? God always has a purpose when He revives His people. There's always purpose behind it, okay? And I'm going to give you the three purposes within revival in the church that God wants to do, I believe, this this year. But some of you just got triggered 
because in the 80s or in the 90s, um, you, you know, you got pushed down. You know what I mean? Like someone knocked you down and, and you came into a room and everybody was lying on the floor, uh, you know, with blankets over them and you thought they were dead. You know what I mean? Like very scary, right? Like just you... <laughs> People were Jericho marching around the room, and, and it, was just, it was just wild, right? And, and like that's, that's not God's purpose of revival. That's just people acting weird, okay? Like just <laughs> when God brings revival, He does it with a purpose. Uh, Ezra 9.9, Ezra 9.9. For we were slaves. Come on, we were slaves. We were slaves to sin. But in His unfailing love, our God did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, He caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. He revived us so we could rebuild the temple of our God and repair its ruins. He has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. God wants to send revival because He wants His people to rebuild His church. God wants to send revival to His people to revive us, to rebuild His church, to be His hands and feet, to represent Christ to a lost and broken world. When God brings revival, many times He does it in us first, in this room first. So that we would rebuild his church. Psalms 85, 6. Psalms 85, 6. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? 2020 stole a lot of joy. 2020 stole a lot of joy from God's people. And the reason why God wants to send revival is because He wants to send His joy back to His people. That we would be a joyful people. That we would rejoice every single day that God hasn't abandoned us and that He is reviving us again. God has joy for us this year. No matter what is happening around us, He has joy. He sends revival to rebuild his church. He sends revival to bring joy to his people. Psalms 80, 18. Then we will never abandon you again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. The psalm is talking about people that have abandoned God. Revive us. And this is important revival always starts with repentance and a people getting hungry to humble themselves, to get broken before the Lord, repent of their sins, and realize, man, I can't abandon God any longer. And God, revive us. Bring us back to Your presence. Bring us back to Your glory. And whenever a true revival takes place, Lost and hurting and people who have abandoned God return home. Always. Always, always, always because that is the heart of God to draw His lost and broken sons and daughters 
home. My grandfather, I don't know what year it was, but they experienced about an eight-week just move of God. I guess you can call it a revival. Just, just God was just reviving his people and just for eight weeks. And uh, he said that one of the most powerful presence of God, and, and this whole movement of God was about eight weeks that took place, was in the parking lot and on the street. He said, literally, people could not drive by the church without coming in. The, the pull of the presence of God was so strong on his church that, that it, was, it was seeping out into the parking lot and it was on the street. And so they had just people walking into church constantly while they were worshiping because the Holy Spirit was drawing them in because they were hungry for a real experience with a loving God. That's what I want us to pray for as a church. One, that God would revive us first. Right, that he would call us to rebuild his church, and and it's, it's one of the important, most important things here at Passion Life Church. This is why we have life groups. Is that we iron would sharpen iron, that we would do life together. Listen, iron can't sharpen iron by itself. Okay, and 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 man, isolation is one of the worst things when you're struggling with depression. And and, and man, you don't want to isolate. You want to do life together. It's one of the best ways to get encouragement and get your spirit revived, being around a bunch of people who are encouraging and moving in the same direction. Number five, number five, last one. Overall wisdom and direction. Come on, we all, we all need wisdom and direction for our lives. And when we, get, when we humble ourselves and we get broken before the Lord. This is when God gives us wisdom and He gives us direction. Let me just give you quick context as we, we end with this passage this morning in Ezra. Ezra was told by the Lord to rebuild Jerusalem. Well, they were slaves to the kings of Persia. How's that going to happen? This is how good God is. God not only has the king of Persia release His people to go rebuild the temple, he, he, he has them give them all the resources and money to do it. Come on, that's how powerful our God is. If God is asking you to do something that is beyond you, well, I don't have the experience. I don't have the resources. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, you don't think God can give it to you? Like, come on. Our God is filled with resource. Our God can provide whatever we need. And we see that in this story. They had nothing. And literally, they let them go, rebuild the temple, and they gave them all the stuff to do it. But then they had a problem. Ezra has a problem. And that problem is, the journey to get to Jerusalem was extremely dangerous. Like there was a 99.9% .9 chance they were going to get mugged. Okay, and attacked. All right. And so they're like, they have all these resources, you know, they don't have weapons, and they're supposed to get there. And so they have a problem, right? Anybody have a problem that you need some wisdom and direction for? Come on. So what does Ezra do? Like, what does Ezra do? Let's go ahead and put it in the scripture. What does Ezra do here? And there by the Hava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to do what? 
fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that He would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. Like his faith was tested, right? Like, like Ezra, do you believe actually what you're saying, right? His faith was tested in this moment. After all, we had told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. But his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we did what? Look, look, look. We fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. And he heard our prayer. Come on, the moment we humble ourselves tomorrow, we fast and pray, God is going to begin to move the heavens. He's gonna, angels will be deployed on our behalf. He just loves a people that get broken before him. Why is it good to be broken? Because God is close to the broken. And he wants to get close to us like never before. This year is going to be the greatest year of our lives. It's the greatest year spiritually. And it starts tomorrow as we fast and pray. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. I'd ask that you would bow your heads as you're watching online. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and and I need to this morning. I've I've never made that commitment today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and, and you just need to make that recommitment to Christ today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith to God today. If that's you, just slip up a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.